Easter, I thought I'd throw out this uh, question. Easter is, Easter is. What is Easter? Little people, what is Easter? Let's get a few uh, ideas here. Easter is? Because you're right here in front of me. <laughs> Easter is, just, just fill in the blank. Easter is? Help her out, that's it. Resurrection Sunday, that's what you're saying. Okay, good job. Easter is? Excellent. Okay, all right, Easter is. Somebody got a different answer? What do you think, Amelia? Easter is what? <laughs> it's resurrection. All right, good. Yes, you guys are so spiritual. We can just leave now. We got this thing. <laughs> good. Easter is, yes. Easter is about what Jesus has done for us, isn't it? I mean, the ultimate sacrifice of Christ for you and me. That's what Easter really represents, is that, that Jesus not just came to earth, he not just walked the life that his father wanted him to walk, he didn't just go to the cross for us, he died and he rose again. And, and that's what Jesus did for us, right? He conquered death. I mean, that's the ultimate right there, really. That is the ultimate in what he did for us. Because if he didn't conquer death, we're still stuck. But he did conquer death, so we're unstuck. Isn't that good news? Yeah, it is. That's good news. Because now we can live in freedom and hope. We can be forgiven. Because of the resurrection, we have this promises are true, and the hope is real. And it could be for anyone. Anyone in here. Anyone on the planet could grab onto this hope that God has for us because of what we celebrate today on Easter. Uh, there's an old hymn that um, we sing, or sometimes we sing this hymn. We used to sing it a lot. What can wash away my sin, right? What can wash away my sin? Think about that. Because we wash a lot of things, right? We should wash our hands at least once a week, right, little people? Okay, at least. All right. Should take a shower at least, you know, same amount of time. Um, we wash our clothes, right? We have detergent to wash our clothing. We wash our cars. We wash a lot of things, don't we? But think about this. What can wash away my sin? How do we do that? Holy water, yes. Holy water. What can wash away my sin? That's, that's a little deeper, isn't it? Now, it's not just going to the sink or the, the shower anymore. What can wash away my sin? Is there a detergent or a soap on the planet that could wash away my sin? And the answer is no. There's nothing on the planet that can wash away my sin. My sin. What is that? What is my sin? And why does it need washed? It's a good question, right? So my sin is what? Anything that I do or have done that is in rebellion toward God, right? My sin. Those are things that you can't wash. My sins can't be washed with a scrub brush, right? Or a magic eraser. Nothing can cleanse the sin of my heart. Sin is about your soul and God, right? It's about my spiritual life and God. It isn't about my clothing or my car or anything material or physical. It's about my spiritual soul. So what can wash away my sin? That's a good question, isn't it? That's a tough one. And why does it need washed? 
Well, because God is pure, isn't he? And God is holy. And nothing can come into the presence of God that isn't pure and holy. And my sin makes me impure and unholy. So I can't come into the presence of God with my sin. So I need my sin washed. And only Jesus can do that for me. Right? So what can wash away my sin? The answer is nothing but the blood of Jesus. And that's a weird thing, too, if you think about that a little bit. The physical aspect of blood that we've been talking about over the last few weeks. It sounds a little bit weird, but we just took communion, right? We just, we just held this, this cup of juice in our hand that represents the blood of Jesus. I mean, that's kind of weird, isn't it? I mean, if, if, you were a non, if you didn't know anything about the Bible or God or Jesus, you would think that'd be a little strange, wouldn't you? You'd think, this is kind of weird. People are drinking juice as if it's like representing blood. That's weird, isn't it? Come on, honestly, it's a little odd. We, we sing another song. William Cowper wrote this song. It goes like this. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And sinners plunge beneath that flood, lose all their guilty stains. I mean, think about that, that, that we are, we're so focused on what Jesus did for us and that his shed blood and the power of what his blood is able to do is not wash our car and not wash our hands and not wash our clothes, but wash the one thing that nothing on the planet can wash, our sin. And we all have sinned. We've all done things that have been out of line with God, rebellious toward God, right? Just selfish, right? I don't even have to go back too far to pick out something that I've done that was selfish and therefore out of line with God. See, we're, we're finishing up this series called The Blood of Jesus. And, and what we've discovered a few things about about blood and one is that there's life in the blood there truly is life in the blood like if you don't have blood you you die right so so the life is in the blood and and that goes really deep it goes so deep it gets really connected to to Jesus and what he did for us on the cross because the life in your blood is keeping you alive physically right but the blood of Jesus gives you life spiritually I mean, we are wired and made in such a way that our very being screams out the testimony of what Jesus came and did on the cross, right? From the very beginning when God created us and he put in us this, this heart that pumps this blood all through our body and that blood gives our body life, he knew one day Jesus would come and die on a cross and his blood would give life to our spiritual soul. I mean, that's so connected, isn't it? It's so like married together right there in what the life of the blood in us means and what it means from Jesus' side. That's, just, that's God's design, right? His design, he made it that way. He created it that way. And we discovered also that there's redemption happens in the blood. That because of what Jesus did, we're forgiven. That forgiveness is yours and mine. That anyone who comes to him can be forgiven of our sin, washed away, right? We could be made right with God, redeemed, bought back, bought back by the blood of Christ. 
his blood in your place because he, I deserve to pay my blood, but my blood isn't good enough. My blood can't wash away my sin. Only his can, right? And we discovered also that in, because of the blood of Jesus and because we can be washed and holy, we can draw near to God. I mean, isn't that cool that we can come into the presence of God even right now, like as we're, we sing these songs, right? And, and I hope that as we worship God and as you worship God, that in your heart, you're just saying, God, God, I just want to know you more. I just want to know that you're with me. I want to just walk in your ways. I want to just be, be connected to you, God, right? And, and we can only do that because of what Jesus did. Because of the cross and the blood draws us near. And we also discovered last week that Jesus established in his blood a powerful covenant, right? This agreement, this promise that is ours forever and eternity because Jesus came and shed his blood on a cross. Blood, the blood of Jesus is so powerful. It's so, it's so encompassing. It's huge. It's big. And it's awesome. Well, today, today I want to share with you this thought that his blood, and this is the last one in this series, was shed for you. His blood was shed for you. I mean, not just all of us, but you. Like, on three, everybody just scream out your name. Ready? One, two, three. Nice, good. Oh, God heard every name there. So some of you didn't say it. You were a little shy. It's okay. But, but God, God shed his blood for every one of us, for you as a person. Like, he didn't just look down and see masses of people. He looks down and he sees you. And he shed his blood for you. Because, like, one day you're going to stand before him. Nobody else. Not with a group, the youth group, not with a crowd, not with your mom and your dad and your family, but you are going to stand toe-to-toe with God, just you and him. Yesterday, I married my daughter, and, and it was just them, right? It's her and, and Jim, and they're standing there before other people, and they are making a vow to one another. And I'm thinking in my mind, this is just like it's going to be one day. I'm going to stand before God and nobody else can stand in my place and make up excuses for me. I've got to do it. I've got to stand there before God. And the good news is this, that Jesus shed his blood for me. And that one day when I stand in front of him, the blood of Christ washes away that sin. Because nothing else can do it. And when you grab on to Jesus, you grab on to your sins washed away. That is so cool. You can't, you're not going to find that anywhere else in the planet. You can't earn enough money to buy it. You can't have the best education at any college in this area or any other area that's going to somehow make, impress God, right? God's going to be impressed because you're a doctor. So what? That doesn't mean a thing. What does mean a thing is, is Jesus washed away your sins has the blood of Jesus. And Jesus said it like this in uh, Luke chapter 22, verse 20. Check this out. He said this, In the same way, after supper, we read this last week, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my what? Blood. Which is, look at it, poured out for you. And I, and, I, and I believe that. I know he was talking to uh, the apostles during the upper room. He's instituting the new covenant, this new promise in his blood. And he's saying, this is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you guys and for the world. But I also think he meant this is poured out for you and you and you. 
like every one of us, individually, it's been poured out. His blood was poured out for our name, your name, you. I mean, that's really personal, isn't it? I mean, sometimes the reason I think that we don't get really personal with God and really deep with God is because we just keep it all very general, right? Our understanding of what he did for us is just like for everybody. And I'm just part of everybody. But I don't think God intends it to be that way. I think he intends it to be you. Like you just take that on and you say, God, you did this for me. Nobody else. Forget everyone else. You did this, God. You sent your son for me. You looked down here and you saw me selfish and sinful and in my, stuck in my ways. And you came, God, here for me. That's so more personal, isn't it? And I think that's what God has in mind when he says, this is the cup of a new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you, Jerry. For you, Steve. For you, Andy. For you, Esther. For every one of us, individually, us. Your name written there is for you. I mean, that's so awesome. As believers, we, we hold on to some really important things, right, that we hold on to as truths about the Scripture. Some of them are these, like the truth of God's Word, how important that is that we know God's Word because in knowing His Word, we know Him. That we hold on to this idea of Jesus being the Son of God, and that is truly who He is. That we are sinful and in need of a Savior. That salvation is found only in Jesus. There's no other name on this planet or in any universe that, that can take the place of what Jesus has done for us. That He died and that He was buried and that He rose again from the dead. That He gave us His Holy Spirit to live in us forever. You know, these are the things we hold on to as believers. And that Jesus is coming again. We just sang the song about one day he's going to come back. Right? He's going to take his bride. He's going to take his bride. He's coming to get his church. All right? People who are fully committed to him. Not people who are half committed to him. Not people who are partway committed to him. But people who have said, Jesus, you are everything to me. And all my Easter eggs are in your basket, right? They're all in that basket. I am all in with you, God, right? We've come to understand that he is the priority of our life. And that is so awesome. You know what? You know, if you have little people and they're in the room today, the greatest thing you could do is help them know that. If, if all you do is teach them how to make money, you blew it. If you teach them that money is the most important thing or sports are the most important thing and they grow up thinking that all the things I do and, and working hard and making money and all that thing, that's what life is all about. You have failed them. And one day they're going to get married. And then they're going to go out on their own. And you'll know at that moment if you invested in them right. I'm so glad for my kids. I'm glad God has like just blessed me with awesome kids that love God. That's the best investment we could ever make. Don't blow it. Don't blow that. If you have little people, change whatever it is you're doing. Get it right and make sure they know and love the Lord. And make sure your life is re reflecting that, that everything you do 
Everything that you think is important and you're teaching them is important, whether you say it to them or not, they're learning what's important by your behavior. Right? They are. You know that. So teach them well. Teach them well. Don't mess that up. Oh, man, I'll just bust out in tears if I go too far into that area. And, and, and the other thing that we hold on to as believers is that our sins are forgiven by Jesus as we respond to him, right? As we respond to him through repentance and baptism, as we are washed clean in him and we accept Jesus as Lord and we confess him as Lord and we change the way we're living and we say, God, I need you in my life. And we let him wash away our sins in baptism. I mean, those are the things we hold on to. Those are the things Scripture teaches are so important. Our faith, our faith in God is initiated and motivated by God's desire, first of all, to have a relationship with you. Right? His blood was shed for you. Right? It's all motivated and initiated by Him. 1 John says, we love. Why? Because He first loved us. What initiated it? He first loved us you. What motivates you? We love him. Why? Because he first loved us. See, he starts it all. It's all about relationship to God. Everything is about relationship. That's what he's into, is the relationship that you have with him and that we have with one another in him. That's what's most important to God, right? That, that we know him, that we're walking with God every day. We're not just going to church and singing about it. But we're truly like singing about it every day of our lives as we live. Like we walk in with him. There's no greater life than that. And he proved that to us, right? Philippians chapter 2 says this. Check this out. Verse 5. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Right? See that? In your relationships with one another. Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, verse 6, who being the very nature God, who is God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage or something to hang on to. Look what he says, verse 7. But rather he made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and his name was Jesus. And being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Why? For you. For me. He let go of his high standing, became one of us to walk on this earth to pay a penalty that we could not pay so that his blood, the perfect son of God, could be shed so that my sins could be washed away and yours. I mean, that's love, right? I mean, that's the ultimate in love, that one would lay down their life for another. Isn't that the ultimate in life, uh, or in love? Relationships are God's idea. Your family, you're here today with your mom and your dad, maybe relatives. I got to spend some time with my kids this weekend, and uh, my, I love that. My grandkids, you know, three of them now, three boys just running around causing havoc, and I'm going, yes, payback is here, and I'm loving this all the way. You know, this is good. This is good. God is full of grace. It's just wonderful. 
And another one on the way, the fourth one. By the end of this year, I'll have four grand boys. That'll be so cool. That'll be awesome. And I'll just laugh at their parents and go, hi, guys. See? See ya. Here, have some more candy. <laughs> have some M&Ms. <laughs> it's awesome. Loving it. Um, but his blood was shed for you, right? His blood was shed for you. And Jesus let go of uh, that high standing, that equality with God that he had because, because he understood that it's about relationships. And the only way that we could be brought in is if he made an ultimate sacrifice for us to be allowed in. That is, that is love, right? That's a love. But he's mostly interested not just in our relationships with each other, but your relationship with him. That's what he's most interested in, and that's the one we got to get right first, right? Is that we're right with God, and everything else will find its place, right? Amen? So we consider that he subjected himself, right, to make that happen for us. That he came to earth, he went through all that he did for you. That's the love that he has for you, right? He let go of his equality to become one with us and to become one of us. That's ultimate love. He humbled himself. He set aside his creatorship for the time and his pride, and he submitted himself to the Father's will for you and for me. His blood was shed for you. At just the right time, the Father said now. And I just love that because so many times in our life when, when God is at work, he's, he's the one that says now. He's the one that says, now is the time for this. Now is the time for that. And when you're walking with God, like when you're in tune with him and, and, and you understand that he's the one that said now, this is the person for you. This is the day. This is the moment. This is the, and you, you're walking in that, that. There's no better place to be. You don't want to be outside of that. Right? You don't want to be doing it in your time when you think and how you want to do it. We want to be in his time, in his will. Right? That's where we want to be. Why? He came, he sent Jesus because you and I were lost. We were cut off because of our own sin and our own rebellion. And his blood was shed for you. Not because we deserve it. Right? Not because God looked down and, and, and we earned enough, you know, we put in enough tokens and finally God decides, okay, you've earned this somehow or you've bought your way there. Not at all. And it's not because, you know, God had pity on us, like, like when you go to the dog pound and you see that little dog in there and everyone wants to take that dog because they feel that sorry. That's not why God sent his son. He sent his son because he loves you. He shed his blood because he loves you. He loves you. And what he's after, what he's after is your eternal well-being. What he wants most is that you do not perish. Right? What he wants is that you come to know him and come to know the saving grace and his love because sin has blocked it out from the world. What, he want, what he's after is your connection to him and a relationship with him. What he's after is your eternal soul restored with him. What he's after is your relationship with him made whole. That's what God is after. That's all he's after, right? Is that you and him are right, right? That you and him are okay. That you can go to bed tonight and you can know for sure without a doubt that you're okay with God 
because of what Jesus did on the cross for you. And you have embraced that. You've accepted that. And you're living in it. The blood is about your relationship. The blood was shed for you.